Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. Robert Long with Sports Radio 610's John Bajani. And joining us on the line is Texans quarterback Case Keenum. Great to catch up with you, Case. And hey, I got to start off by asking, what was your reaction when you found out the Texans were interested in bringing you back? You know, it's, it was almost kind of disbelief. Houston has been home for a long time. We've always managed to, to work our way back here in the off seasons, especially playing up north in the cold and Minnesota, Cleveland, Buffalo. All those months of January, February, March get get awful cold and gray and and dark up there. So we we uh, we tend to migrate south when the time comes. So uh, we've been here a long time ever since we left the Texans back in the day. We we've always come back in the off seasons and really honestly dreamed of coming back and playing for the Texans at one point. We just didn't realize how good we had it early in my career. So when uh, my agents told me that it was it was between Buffalo and, and Houston, um, it was it was a tough choice. But, uh, man, Houston has, has always been home and has a special place in our heart. So it was it was pretty awesome, pretty awesome reaction by all of my whole family. Well, we're glad to have you back. There's no doubt about that. I know all the fans are as well. Uh, back with your third stint, uh, you've played with all kinds of quarterbacks, Case, from Schaub to Foles, Mayfield to Allen last year. Your first time, though, in a quarterback room with a rookie that's been drafted as high as C.J. Stroud has. I'm kind of curious, you know, what you like about uh, C.J.'s game. What have you seen through your trained eye that maybe the rest of us haven't seen or can really understand? Yeah, you know, Sean, it's uh, actually I was drafted, or excuse me, I wasn't drafted, but I, I played with the Rams with Jared Goff, who was number one overall. So I have been with some highly drafted kids, and Baker was also a number one overall. So uh, I've been with another actual Ohio State kid, Dwayne Haskins. I was there in Washington with him. So I have been with some, some younger guys, and, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know when this is going to air, but we have not had any time around the rookies yet. Uh CJ hasn't been in. I've, you know, watched maybe one or two Ohio State games that he played and was, was obviously very impressed. But, you know, I haven't haven't been able to get my eyes on him yet, you know, in person. So I'm excited to, to get to work with him, excited what he brings. Uh, the excitement he's already brought to the building, but uh, to get in person and, and get to work, I'm excited to do that. Hey, in your first stop with the Texans case, your first season was the season after D'Amico Ryans left the Texans. Do you remember hearing about him from the guys on that team? Any good stories you heard about him? From his Texans playing days, I don't know if I if I have any good stories for y'all. I wish I did. Uh, you'd have to ask some of the some of the guys I played with. But man, even being at the Texans charity golf event the other day and, and catching up with like Andre Johnson, Kevin Walter, Owen Daniel, and some of those guys, man, D'Amico and that crew they taught the Texans, you know, the the franchise of the Texans, what it means uh, to build a culture of winning and. Man, they did that uh, back in the day, and obviously we're trying to get back there now. But, uh, you know, to bring a guy back like Miko, I think it says a lot about the ownership of what they're committing to and the type of culture they want to build, one that's, you know, of excellence, of winning, uh, doing the right thing and, and having fun doing it, taking care of players and, and their families. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a special time here in Houston. Okay, so one of your teammates and newest Texans himself, uh, Jimmy Ward, uh, was available to the media last week, and he said he's being asked to be an extension of the coaching staff, so to speak, on the field this year as much as anything else. And I'd imagine that's 
an added value that you bring as well after spending a decade in the league with so many different quarterbacks. What are some things that you feel like you can apply here in Houston with C.J. Stroud that that you did particularly in Washington and Cleveland with Baker Mayfield and Dwayne Haskins, as you mentioned, that could really help and maybe mentor CJ. You know, I have, I've seen a lot, you know, I've been in a lot of different situations. I've been the backup that's been thrust into a role. I've been a franchise quarterback starting the year. I've been a, a starter. I've been to the NFC championship. I've won a lot of games in the season, lost a lot of games the season. So I've seen, seen quite a bit and, uh, you know, just continue to learn through it all. And I think, that's one of the big things I think anybody has to do is just just keep getting better. Like you're not going to be perfect, especially as a rookie. There's a lot of things that you don't know, a lot of things you don't know you don't know. Just continuing to come in every day, be the same person every day. I want to help as much as I can. You know, I don't care if I'm playing or if I'm or if I'm not. If I'm watching, I'm I'm going to do everything I possibly can to help the Houston Texans win. Uh, you know, at all times. That's that's my job, and that's being ready to play. That's helping whoever's in there. I think the quarterback room. We should see the field through one set of eyes, uh, and that's communicating, you know, from Bobby to Gerard, to all the coaches in there, to all us quarterbacks, we're seeing the same thing. I think that's important. You know, that's why we're, we're grinding out every day we come up there. How much do you talk to Slowick? I mean, how, how, uh, how has it been to kind of get to know him and what he's trying to do, and, and, and how do you feel about the direction that he could take the offense? You know, what is he going to bring, and, and what kind of guy is he? Yeah, he's a great dude, man. I'm excited. Really smart, smart as heck, and uh, been in this offense uh, a long time, and, is, and knows the details, the why behind it, the origin of why you do things, and then has taken out things that don't make sense, you know. So I, I really do like this. I've been in this type of offense a lot of different ways, and um, you know, it's cool because it's it's like the 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 best of series, the be- the greatest hits of the West Coast offense, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it seems like just a lot of the things that I really love about this offense, you know, we have in. We, we feature it and even some things that I'm not used to. I'm, I'm learning that they've been able to put in, and he's obviously going to tweak it. And it's, it'll be fun to see where, where this offense goes to, the direction that it branches off to uh, based on, you know, what uh, personnel we have. So it's exciting. It's versatile. It's multiple. It's, it's a lot of different things. I'm excited to see where it's going to go kind of you know started to answer my next question case but i'll go ahead and ask it anyway because look you came in to the league in 2012 practice squad with the texans and then you know you spent 13 and 14 seasons with them under gary kubiak and i'm kind of curious like how similar kubiak's system his version of this offense was to maybe what you've kind of learned about under slowick maybe some of the differentiations, you know, I know you said it's kind of the best of, but I'm also kind of curious, like just from a rookie quarterback coming into this kind of a system, what, what was that like for you? And what do you kind of anticipate maybe being some hurdles, some challenges for CJ? Yeah, I think it's a great system to come into you know, right away as a rookie. I think it's a great foundation of what NFL quarterbacking is about, getting the ball where it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be. Uh, some of the, the timing of college offenses, especially these days, and you know, even when I was running uh, a lot of shotgun spread, uh, air raid, whatever you want to call that type of offense, there's different timing and rhythm, and the the rush is different in, in college. You know, it's it's a lot different. Some of the pockets are a little dirtier. There's some 
bigger, faster, stronger guys that are that are rushing the quarterback. And so being able to know the timing of routes, timing, you know, getting your footwork to, to match up with uh, the routes, the, the concept uh, to build my foundation of, you know, pro style offenses that, you know, that will help continue your career. Obviously for me, if, you know, you're 12 going in and still, still grinding these little details that, uh, you know, I think are so extremely important to, to play in quarterback at this level. You are not the only Houston Cougar joining the Texans this year. Do, do you have a relationship sure. with Tank Dell? Yeah, I'm excited about Tank, man. It was so cool. Uh, I've gotten to meet him before, but when he was on his official visit, when I came in to sign my contract with the Texans. And so we kind of crossed paths in the hallway in the, in the cafeteria and got to sit and chat for just a second, but man, what a guy that uh, is hungry, man, is, and wants to, wants to be great and uh, loves Houston, you know, wanted to stay home the whole time. So we sat there and talked about how fun it would be uh, to be able to throw the ball to him and, and to play together on the same team. Cause I got to watch him all year and just the explosive talent, crazy quickness and just the ability to blow coverages off the top and, and make huge plays happen at a moment's notice. Uh, I'm very excited to have Tank Dell as a Houston Texan. Case, you can't play it like that, bro. Ain't no way. You can tell me that wasn't orchestrated. You didn't just bump into Tank. Like, the Texans had to put that together, right? Like, No, get another- no, it just happened, dude. I mean, he, really? he th- those guys, they're rolling in their, their official visits or whatever, and so there was all different types of guys. I mean, um, you know, there's just different people at different times that come through, and you see them either, you know, coming through the training room, meeting guys or whatever. But uh, I, like, grabbed a plate of food and looked down. I'm like, hey. Dude, Tank, what's up, man? And uh, it was it was pretty cool, uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. Then when it when it actually happened, to the draft happened, so uh, I was pumped for him, excited. That is so cool, man. I mean, what are the odds? Um, and and hey, you know, CJ wanted him too, and the Texans obliged, and they go up and get him. So uh, everybody's pumped up for that one. Hey, look, I'm I'm kind of curious about this case. You know, just. Being around so many different kinds of quarterbacks as you have in your career. And when you first came in, I know it was Schaub, Yates, uh, you had Fitzy, Mallet, Savage was there your first couple of years in the league. But I'm kind of curious, like what what quarterback, what coach maybe kind of really turned the light bulb on for you that kind of helped you see how to approach the game uh, maybe a little bit differently that helped you kind of take your game to the next level when you were early on in the league? That's a tough one because I've had so many great coaches and they've all kind of come at the right time, you know, just where I needed to make, make the next step as a leader or maybe mechanically on the field, maybe my mental side of it, the X's and O's, you know, how to operate, just mental toughness, all these things. You know, I owe a lot to, to Gary Kubiak, man. Kub, I, don't, I wouldn't be here uh, if it wasn't for him. Uh, you know, he saw something in, something in me uh, enough to give me a shot undrafted, you know, a year on the practice squad, basically a red shirt year, watching Matt Schaub just dice people up and Andre Johnson do what he does, Arian Foster, Owen Daniel, Kevin Walter, all those guys. That was a big year for me, just sitting back and learning and watching because he would, he would coach you hard. You know, he was probably one of the harder coaches I've been around. Uh, but man, you just, you loved him to death and run through a wall for him I still would so early on I'd say that was definitely one of the big pieces of my NFL career was was him and uh, it's a foundation I've built everything I've done since on 
You mentioned uh, Andre Johnson. I, I want to get to your QB camp in a second, but since you mentioned Dre, c- can you tell us what it was like to throw passes to Andre? And, and you got an Andre story for us. Man, he just, oh, he's a special dude. I could go on and on about Andre. I love that guy to death, man. He's hes one of the best. <laughs> I'll go fanboy here. He's one of the best looking guys in football pads I've ever been around. Like, just, he comes out for warm ups and you're like, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Like, he's one of those guys you want coming out of the tunnel first. Uh, but my my second start ever uh, at home against the Colts on Sunday Night Football, I throw three touchdowns to him in the first half. He's just, I mean, it was unconscious, just the dude making some incredible plays. But we are, the third touchdown pass was a two-minute drive right before half. We're going down. I think I scrambled the 10-yard line, and we call, you know, a clock situation or a, a, a kill spike. And we have the option if we, as quarterbacks back then, if we wanted to, I could, you know, give my receiver a fade, you know, by tapping the head or something. I'm yelling out, you know, all I hear is they see him looking at me and just tapping his head like, you know, like pretty forcefully. And he doesn't say much uh, at all. Uh, ever, but he was yelling my name and tapping his head. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to throw you a fade. I just nodded at him. I said, yes, sir. And uh, threw him a fade for his third touchdown of the half. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty fun. That was, that was the unfortunate day that coach Kubiak, you know, went down on, on the way in and we wound up not winning that game. But yeah, Andre, Andre's my guy. He's uh, he's special. Hey, you've got your inaugural Case Keenum QB camp on June the 3rd. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, man, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm, like I said, Houston's been home for a long time, and I've, I've wanted to do something with U of H, with Houston area quarterbacks. Been thinking about this for a long time, and, and it, it worked out this year. Obviously, coming back to the Texans, I'm in town a lot more. So uh, we're going to hold our first annual Case Keenum quarterback camp on June 3rd. It'll be that morning. It's a Saturday. If you're entering the 7th through the 12th grade. Come on out, man. Go to www.casekeenumquarterbackcamp.com and sign up. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to have the U of H quarterbacks out there uh, helping me work it. Um, We're going to work a deal with them and use their name, image, likeness, and market this and and, and do some fun stuff with them. I have some other coaches that are coming in. We're going to work mechanics on the field, off the field, mental toughness, leadership, quarterbacking, and uh, it should be a lot of fun, man. It'll be Blast. So, uh, yeah, check that out at casekeenumquarterbackcamp.com. Appreciate you guys for letting me pump that up. Oh, absolutely, hey. Case. Absolutely. And, hey, one of these uh, years you got to get uh, another former Coug out there, Heisman Trophy winner Andre Ware out there. I'm sure he'd like to spin it for the guys too. Well, and that's the thing, man. We got a lot, there's a lot of U of H quarterbacks, man. It's quarterback U. I, I, I was trying to name it quarterback U. Maybe one of these days we will. But uh, from Andre Ware, Klingler, Kevin Cobb. Yeah. You know, myself, Greg Ward, Clayton Toon, who's going now to uh, to Arizona. I mean, and then you look at just quarterbacks around the NFL and college football in general that are from the Houston area. It's an impressive list, just the guys who have been in Houston. Um, so it's it's exciting. I think, uh, you know, I might have a few of my other friends uh, stop by. It'd be a good time, though, so appreciate you guys. No problem. Hey, it means a lot to us that you uh... – Got a chance to take some time with us. It's great not just to talk to a, a Texan, a former Texan, but uh, an always Houston Cougar. I know Sean. Sean's a Coug, so he loves it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go Cougs, man. Eat them up. It's a good time to be a Cougar, man. Headed to the Big 12. We've got our basketball team going Final Four every year. 
I think Dana's got the football team going the right way, man. And we heck, we got University of Texas coming to play at our place this year. How fun is that? It's going to be a blast. Uh, the future is absolutely very, very bright uh, over there off of Coloma, man. And I'm glad glad you're back in town to, to be more of a part of it now. And so we're looking forward to a, an incredible 2023 and beyond case. Thanks again for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all having me. Great stuff, Sean. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for some football. Yeah, man. Hey, he 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 was a he he was fanboy with Andre Johnson there, right? You know, going back and reminiscing there. I mean, is it okay if I can be fanboy with Case? He's one of my favorite people to talk to. I got a chance to do it every week during football season for my first two years on the job covering sports in this town. I was trying to get better, right? He would always oblige, man. I'd say, hey, man, can I get five minutes with you after, you know, media scrums? And he would always give it to me. No questions asked. He was just great. One of the really good people that, um, you know, if you're fortunate to work in sports media in this town, you get a chance to cover a guy like that. They come few and far between. So I'm glad he's back. Um, glad he's a part of the locker room. He's going to be a great teammate. And so I'm just looking forward to that. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun 2023. The Andre Johnson story. That's a good one. I mean, that's that was perfect. That was good, yeah. Uh, I, I got to remind everybody that uh, I'm going to be off for a little bit. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be off, but tomorrow I'm having surgery. Uh, I, I just want to tell everybody that we're, we're going to be back. I might be, put up a few things while I'm gone, some of, some of our some classic stuff potentially. But uh, look, keep looking for that. But uh, and keep looking for our stuff. You know, we just had rookie mini camp. Um, we're going to talk when we get back about some of the other camps coming up. You got OTAs and everything else with the Texans. Uh, unfortunately, I will be gone for the lottery and I'm going to be in a hospital when the lottery's going on. So the the Rockets, uh, good luck with the, the Wemby sweepstakes. Hopefully when we come back, maybe Wemby, yeah, you know, it'll be a rocket or Scoot Henderson. That would be great. But I'm not holding my breath. It's like a 73% chance, just a reminder, 73% chance that they're not getting either one of those two guys. And it would be fun if they did, Sean. Yeah, don't hold your breath, but cross your fingers. I mean, it works just the same, right? We'll see, man. There's a lot to look forward to uh, either way um, because you, you definitely feel like the worm's turning here in Houston and uh, we're getting a little bit closer to the point that I thought we were approaching in 2017, which was the golden era of Houston sports. Unfortunately, it just turned out to be the golden era of Houston Astros baseball. But I'm thinking the Rockets are about to turn the worm a little bit. The Texans are certainly in the process of it. At the dang Astros, Astros could just stay a little bit healthier and get some of their guys back and start rolling again. They'd be doing all right themselves, and Houston would be doing great. Yeah, he mentioned in that story with Andre Johnson about Gary Kubiak going down in that game. That was the game that, yep. you know, he collapsed on the sideline and scary situation. If you look into our YouTube archives, you will find an interview that I did with Gary's son, Clay. And I'm going to mm-hmm. put a link up here at the end of this. Uh, so keep an eye out for it. There's going to be a link where you can just click on it that uh, you hear uh, Clay Kubiak talking a little bit about that and from his perspective. But uh, yeah, that was it was one of the stranger things that happened in Texan history. And y- you forget that. Case Keenum was on that team. It was that that was that horrible season, uh, Sean, where they lost 14 in a row, and it led to the end of the Gary Kubiak era, the beginning of the Bill O'Brien era, 
not my favorite particular era, even though I know they went to the playoffs uh, three, was it three or four times with, with Bill O'Brien. I, I think it was three times at least, but uh, yeah, that, 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 that whole game was weird. And, and that correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was Case Keenum's best game. He had three touchdown passes. Yeah, maybe that one, or uh, I think he had a really good one in Kansas City where he spun a couple of three first first half touchdowns too. Uh, he had a good stretch. Uh, that might have just ended that good stretch or was the beginning of the good stretch. I can't remember. But Case, whenever he first got his shot as a Houston Texans quarterback, he was spinning it pretty good. It was just, uh, you remember how poor the offense was in the second half during that era of Texan football. But hey, Case had a lot of really good moments and, uh, you know, hopefully he's here to help make some really great memorable moments for a, a young rookie quarterback. I would say himself, but we all know that if he's playing, something's gone terribly wrong <laughs> this season, I would presume anyway. So uh, just best of luck and just uh, health to Case. And hopefully this is uh, uh, the beginning of a, uh, a, some, a coaching career, so to speak. Like I'd mentioned with Jimmy Ward being an extension of the coaching staff with that secondary of the Texans, hopefully Case can do the same with uh, a young quarterback in the room with him now and C.J. Stroud. I don't know. Do you think if Case started the first few games of the season, the Texans would have a better chance to win than with C.J. Stroud? Because we know rookie quarterbacks. I mean, you know, the Texans over under is five and a half. And some people would say if they got to six or seven wins, and that's a good season for a rookie quarterback. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I just did an article on this um, this week. And I asked the question, you know, is C.J. Stroud better off starting or sitting week one? It just comes down to the person itself. If you go back and you look since 1967, the first common draft, there have been 128 quarterbacks taken in the first round since then. That's including this year's class. Less than 30% of those first round quarterbacks taken in the draft actually started week one for their respective teams. Does it mean anything? No. A lot of them ended up starting week two. You're few and far between from seeing the guys like Jim Kelly and Aaron Rodgers sit for three years before they set foot on an NFL field for their first start. So if you look at things statistically in terms of completion percentage, touchdown passes, touchdown to interception ratios, they're really like this, Robert. You know, they go up and down through the first three years of a quarterback. And really the only definitive thing that I was able to find in my uh, research and doing this article is that it comes down to either way. Whether you start week one or you don't, it's going to take you a good three years before you figure out exactly what you've got in that selection. So... Um, I think just like Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans had said this past week, it comes down to CJ and it's the coach's decisions on what, you know, they determine from him in training camp. If he's ready, then they're going to throw him out there. If he needs a little bit more time, then they'll give him more time. Uh, you could certainly do a lot worse in the NFL than uh, Case Keenum starting week one to bring your young franchise quarterback along. So we'll see. I think back to, Deshaun Watson and remember everybody was pretty upset they were starting Tom Savage but rightfully Tom Savage, so yeah Tom Savage is a different story though than Case Keenum you know Tom Savage was a guy that didn't have the experience Case did didn't have the starts that yeah. Case did you know it, it, it is a completely different story Patrick Mahomes did not start his rookie year that was Alex Smith uh Tom Brady 
was behind Drew Bledsoe. Aaron Rodgers was behind Brett Favre. You know, some of the great quarterbacks sat their first year or two. And when they came in, they were good. And maybe that's why. I don't, I, I, what do you think, Sean? Is, I mean, it, it's something like, I, I think we want to see, everybody wants to see what they want to unwrap the present, the Christmas present, sure. as soon as they get down on, on Christmas morning. But sometimes it's good to wait. If you're excited about D'Amico Rhines, you're excited about this free agent class, you're excited about the draft, you're excited about the fact that this organization has termed the worm, you're excited because you have a little bit of trust in them. You have a little bit of faith in them. And if you have that trust and you have that faith, and you have to have the trust and faith in them to make the best possible decision. So I leave it up to them because that, that's the most important thing that I wanted to, uh, to have people understand is what has happened in the past can help us prepare and understand why it is this way at the present and what it could look like in the future. 30% of the 128 quarterbacks taken in the first round, Robert, 30%, fewer than 30% started week one. It's not a bad thing. It's not as commonplace as people like to think it is that you take a guy number one or number two or in the top five, they're starting right away. It doesn't happen. You know, even over the course of the last six years, I think only six quarterbacks have started week one. I mean, look at last year, Kenny Pickett. You had one guy taken in the first round. Did he start week one? Absolutely not. But how how many years can we say where a quarterback wasn't even drafted in the first round? So I just don't think there's a template. There's no, you know, quarterback for dummies book out there and how to coach them. It's just a feeling out process. The mistake that we have seen organizations make before, and it's one that I don't think the Texans are in a position to even make themselves this year, is the desperation where you've got to start a guy to save somebody's job, whether it be a GM, whether it be a coach or a coordinator, whatever the case may be. The Texans are not in that position. They've got the buzz, you know, regenerated now. The fan base is as excited as it as it has been in the last, you know, five, six, seven years since Deshaun Watson was drafted at the very least and, you know, 16 or 17, whenever that was. So you don't have to do anything hasty. You don't have to be impatient. The Texans, their fans, they've been waiting for a long, disastrous and dysfunctional three years. If it's a week or two or six or seven weeks before C.J. Stroud is ready into the regular season, I think you're more than willing to rate just so long as – they're doing right by him and the organization going forward. And I think they will. It might be a good idea for the first couple of weeks, not to start CJ Stroud to let this offensive line get a little chemistry, because remember, you're going to have most likely a rookie center. You've got a new guard. You have a, a, a second year yeah. guard that's trying to get his feet together and get his you know technique down and Kenyon green. So this offensive line is still trying to develop some chemistry. So maybe just the two or three weeks, that they develop chemistry means C.J. Stroud's a little bit healthier. Case Keenum, who's got the brain to react quickly to situations that maybe C.J. Stroud wouldn't be ready for. Maybe. You know, just something to think about. Maybe, yeah. It's something to think about, and it's going to continue to be a part of the discussion, and it needs to be because, um, look, it's always a gamble. It's always a crapshoot. You never know. But it's a delicate situation is what, is what I'm trying to say. And you don't, you, you don't want to – you know, screw things up too early and feel hasty. But you know what? Who's to say that in a couple of, you know, two and a half, three months, CJ Stroud in the heart of training camp isn't looking like this guy's just getting it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that can't happen. I'm not going to say that can't be a possibility. What if he just in this system, maybe Sloak's got something designed for this offense particular with some veteran receivers around really solidified offensive line now, albeit yes, you mentioned a rookie at center, a new right guard and a second year left guard. 
Who's to say CJ just doesn't pick it up and just run with this thing? I, I just want to see what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. And most importantly, whether or not CJ Stroud is being true to himself, being honest, that he's ready, he's comfortable to take uh, the reins, the keys to the car, if you will. We'll see. It's, it's just going to be a matter of time. As a fan, and you and I are still fans, you want to see CJ Stroud immediately. But I can, I would not blame the coaches. As a coach, I'd go, yeah, I, I kind of wouldn't throw Case Keenum out there to start the season and, and let some of this stuff get a little bit settled and let CJ watch it real speed. Here's one thing you can't do, and I'll you can take it to the bank. There's one guy I guarantee you will not see start week one. That is, so long as the other two are healthy, you ain't going to see Davis Mills trotting out there throwing passes week one. I guarantee that. You could take that to the bank. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are on it. They're probably too good to even be odds, but uh, that ain't happening. What if, though, the Texans said, Davis Mills actually looks pretty good. Let's let's start him a couple of games, and then we'll sit him down and throw him on the uh, market, see if we can up his trade value a little bit. Hey, then you're going to have a whole bunch of Texans fans uh, throwing them uh, Davis Mills jerseys on the uh, spit out there in the tailgate. <laughs> They're going to be roasting right alongside them pigs on the spit. Man. That ain't going to happen. Oh, the, 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 the Texans fans that the world's going to crash if, if that happens. Yep. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's going to be an ugly experience over on uh, 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 from the callers over on uh, on 610, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We might have to have a, a marathon of, uh, you know, post-game feedback on that one <laughs> to stay 24 hours, 24-7 until they uh, fix things the following week. It ain't going to happen, man. We'll see. We'll see what does. But uh, I got a bet with my father-in-law. He bet me a hundred bucks that Case Keenum would start Week One of this regular season. And I said, "Dude, they're taking a quarterback. He's going to start Week One." And then I did all this research uh, the last couple of days, and I'm like, "Damn, maybe that wasn't a good bet." <laughs> There's a seventy percent chance that Case Keenum does start, or at least one that C.J. Stroud doesn't. So we'll have to wait and see. I got my fingers crossed on that one too. Why didn't you tell Case you were betting against him? Come on, man. You got to be honest with him. Come on. Yeah, we had a good, <laughs> lighthearted, fun conversation. We were all smiling. I didn't want to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> Get him motivated, though. Get him motivated. Yeah. I, I felt like I already did that, too, because my first two or three questions to Case was in regard to C.J. Stroud. Like, Case, never mind you, bud. Like, <laughs> We're not worried about you. What about what about your teammate, CJ? We want to see him. We want to know about him. So I had to kind of, you know, switch things up. And I didn't want to throw uh, more fuel on the fire. Yeah, people didn't catch that. You weren't seeing Case's face in this one because uh, he was on the move. He was in his car. We did not want him. Driving in the rain. You could hear his windshield wipers and the uh, heavy rain pounding the windshield. Yeah, yeah. So it was. it's great to... Great to talk to Kate. Great to have him on the show. We thank him again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys hopefully soon. Hopefully uh, this surgery, I can recover quickly. Uh, wish me luck, but uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Be good, Robert. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us. 
and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hot dog!